Welcome to Unchained, the radio program which addresses the challenges facing Christians today with short, pithy presentations, presenting a vigorous defense for Christianity's claim that the Holy Bible is God's inspired word. This series deconstructs the arguments of evolutionists, anti-theists, atheists, and other enemies of the Holy Bible. Here is your host, Pastor Rod Anderson. I'm Rod Anderson. The twin truths upon which Christendom stands is the belief that Jesus Christ died on the cross for mankind's sins and that he rose from the tomb on the Sunday morning, the first day of the week. We call it Easter Sunday. The question pursuant to the murder of Jesus is, if Christ was put to death, could his followers expect to escape a similar fate, especially in view of the fact that Christ told them it would be the case? When people in large numbers suffer alienation, persecution, torture and certain death rather than merely go back to their former way of life and religious practice, practice, we must ask the question, why? What was the cause that had this effect? What was it about the death of Jesus, or for that matter, the person of Jesus that caused his followers to be willing to give up their former beliefs, become ostracized from family and friends, and label criminal for the, criminals for this new movement? That just doesn't happen, especially when there is no possible material or monetary gain to be possessed. Furthermore, all accounts of the origin of Christianity agree. Both sacred and sacred writers say the same thing. Christ was put to death in Jerusalem by the authority of the Roman governor Pontius Pilate. No contemporary or successor contradicts the story. Even the Jewish writers have not a word to the contrary. Neither Pliny in the first century, Celsius in the second, Porphyry in the third century, nor the Emperor Julian in the fourth century even suspect the authenticity of the New Testament. So what was it about the person of Jesus and his death that caused his followers to risk life and limb? First, we have to remember that there are over 300 messianic prophecies in the Old Testament, some written thousands of years before the time of Christ and others hundreds of years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which were all fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ with no possibility of collusion or editing. It should be remembered that of all the accusations the Jews threw against the followers of Jesus Christ for the next 150 years, not once did they say or show how Jesus did not fill the Old Testament messianic prophecies, many of which identify the Messiah to come as God with us. The founder of the Christian religion who died on the cross was God himself, not God the Father, not God the Holy Spirit, but God the Son. But the tomb was unable to hold him down. And the Bible declared that he rose on the first day of the week, Sunday, and his resurrection is a promise that the general resurrection will take place at the time of his second coming. Jesus was here once, and the world has never forgotten it, but he promised to come back again. And what drove his church forward and outward was the command to make disciples of all nations. This was the impetus for the greatest movement of peace and restoration the world has ever seen. Therefore, both the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ are at the heart of the Christian belief. And it is for this reason that the resurrection of Jesus Christ has been attacked so relentlessly over the years. 
all sorts of theories have come forward to disprove the resurrection and therefore destroy Christianity. However, the four most prominent theories are the swoon theory, that Jesus simply fainted on the cross and then revived on the cool of the tomb, later married and had many children as per the Da Vinci Code, Two, the stolen body theory, that that the body of Jesus was stolen by his his disciples. Three, the hallucination theory that says that after Jesus rose, everybody who saw him after that was simply hallucinating. And then four, the mistaken tomb theory that the disciples of Jesus simply went back to the wrong tomb after his crucifixion. Let's examine each theory now. First, the swoon theory, in which it is stated that Jesus simply fainted on the cross and gained consciousness later. However, that is an impossibility when one considers what Jesus went through prior to his death. As we study the New Testament, we see that Jesus had not slept for at least 36 hours. He had barely eaten when taken to the high priest's quarters and there beaten. When taken to Pilate's judgment hall, he was violently brutalized by the Roman guards. Then again, he was beaten by Herod's guards. He was taken then back to Pontius Pilate and was whipped with the cat of nine tails with 39 lashes. And after all these things, he was nailed to a wooden cross Late that same day, a Roman guard speared him into his into, into his side through his heart, and he declared Jesus dead. When he was taken down from the cross and removed to the tomb, his body was smothered with one hundred palms of embalming oils and wrapped from head to toe in a funeral shroud, hardly conducive for a healthy recovery. Yet the swoon theory declares that Jesus recovered in the cool of the tomb and then made his escape. No, that just does not add up, and we can dismiss the swoon theory without any further comment. The second theory, stolen body theory, teaches that the body of Jesus was stolen by his disciples. In fact, this theory has its origins in the book of Matthew, chapter 28. You may remember when the guards alert the priests that they have witnessed Jesus' resurrection and the response of the Jewish priests is to spread the lie that the disciples came by night and stole the body. The priests then paid them off with a large sum of money. But even the most credulous person would have trouble believing that the cowardly disciples would dare confront the battle-hardened Roman guards and even attempt to pass by them, push the stone away, which was secured by a Roman seal, and then take the body of Jesus. No, no, no. The stolen body theory does not add up at all. And along with the swoon theory, we can dismiss it. The third theory, the hallucination theory, says that every sighting of Jesus was a hallucination. Well, one thing we know about hallucinations, they are an individual phenomena. People don't share hallucinations. It has to do with an individual's physiology, the emotional condition of a person, and also of sleep deprivation. It is the simple fact of Scripture that only on a single occasion did Jesus appear to one person, and that was Mary Magdalene in the early morning after his resurrection. On each and every other occasion, he appeared to two or more people. And in fact, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 said on one occasion, 500 people saw Jesus upon the mount. So it is quite clear that we can also dismiss the third theory, the hallucination theory. All right, now the final theory, the mistaken tomb theory. 
charges the disciples of having forgotten where the body of Jesus had been laid. Hypothetically speaking, if a friend of yours had died and was buried 36 hours earlier, do you think that you would forget where the body was laid? Of course you wouldn't. Yet this fallacious theory charges disciples with the very same offence. Furthermore, in the Gospels we read that an angel spoke to the women who came to the tomb, telling them that his body was not there, but he had risen. Would we also say that the angel identified the wrong tomb? That is ludicrous. The reality is simply this that all of the evidence points to the resurrection of Christ as an historical fact. But false theories abound within and without the church to undermine the Bible and to white ant Christianity. But if you go to YouTube, type in my name, Rod Anderson, and the title Seven Mind-Blowing Prophecies, you will see a presentation I gave which lends more support to the legitimacy of the Bible claim to be the inspired word of God and the incredible evidence that Jesus Christ is the Messiah of prophecy. Furthermore, your best defense is to understand really what the Bible says. And to that end, I want to give you a 25-part series of Bible reading guides called The Orchard Faith of Jesus Studies, which will see you come to grips with the most important truths of the Bible in a very short time. And all you have to do to receive them is send me an email with your name, postal address and phone number to info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au. That is info at theorchardmelbourne.org.au. Or go to our website, theorchardmelbourne.org.au and go to the tab mark, contact us, file the prompts and you'll have them in no time at all. That time has run out for now. But I look forward to being with you next time. Remember the truth has nothing to fear from investigation. I'm Rod Anderson. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to Unchained. We look forward to your company here next time on 3ABN Australia Radio as we continue this series with Pastor Rod Anderson. Coming up next, we have Don Francisco singing He's Alive. The gates and doors were barred all the windows fastened down I spent the night in sleeplessness Rose at every sound Half in hopeless sorrow Half in fear the day Would find the soldiers breaking through To drag us all away Just before the sunrise I heard something at the wall Gate began to rattle A voice began to call I hurried to the window and looked down into the street Expecting swords and torches and the sound of soldiers' feet But there was no one there but Mary, so I went down to let her in John stood there beside me as she told us where she'd been She said they've moved him in the night, none of us knows where The stone's been rolled away Now his body isn't there We both ran toward the garden Then John ran on ahead We found the stone in the empty tomb Just the way that Mary said The winding sheet they'd wrapped him in Was just an empty shell 
How or where they'd taken him was more than I could tell. Well, something strange had happened there, but just what I did not know. John believed a miracle, but I just turned to go. Circumstance and speculation couldn't lift me very high. Cause I'd seen them crucify him. Then I saw him die. Back inside the house again, the guilt and anguish came. Everything I'd promised him just added to my shame. It was when at last it came, the choices I denied, I knew his name. Even if he was alive, it wouldn't be the same. Suddenly the air was filled with strange and sweet perfume Light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide I fell down on my knees and just clung to him and cried He raised me to my feet and as I looked into his eyes Love was shining out from him like sunlight from the skies. Guilt and my confusion disappeared in sweet release. And every fear I'd ever had just melted into peace. Gates are open wide. He's alive. 